Hello everyone. I just wanted to let you all know that I kept this episode very brief because as I was recording it, I realized how much information was available on equine herpes virus and that I couldn't broadcast this information in an efficient manner to make it understandable to all of you and to keep it from really being horribly boring. In my show notes, I have included some links to resources so that if anything I brought up is unclear or you want to learn more, you can follow the links I've provided. Thank you for so much for tuning in. Enjoy. The Barn Isle, Episode 14, Elementary EHV. Howdy, hi everybody. How are you today? Welcome to the Barn Isle. My name is Denise Yule, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. I'm a USHJA certified hunter jumper trainer. I'm a barn owner, and I have over 30 years professional experience in the hunter jumper industry. The goal of my podcast is to pay it forward to all of you by sharing my experiences and to provide ideas for you to help with your riding and your horse. I am glad to be here today because it has been quite a while since I have sat down and recorded a podcast. I spent my winter showing down in Thermal, California on the desert circuit. I started in November with the Sunshine Series and finished up with the desert circuit horse shows. And as many of you have probably heard, there was an EHV1 virus outbreak in California this year. It put an abrupt end to what had been a fantastic show season for me. I am thankful that my horses did not get sick and they remained safe the entire time. I found an excellent place to quarantine my horses when we left the showgrounds and I was able to stay there for 16 days. We, of course, as soon as we heard of the outbreak, we were doing twice daily temperature checks of our horses. When we got to our quarantine place, we continued doing that. We had our horses swabbed and tested for EHV before we headed all the way home. When we returned home, we continued to monitor temperatures and kept our horses stabled in an isolated area. And when everybody continued to look good, then we introduced them back into general population. I can give you a brief outline of how I understand EHV1 in horses, but of course always check with your veterinarian with any concerns and questions you may have about the disease. Now as I understand it, there's actually nine different types of EHV or equine herpes virus. EHV1 is the type that causes neurological disease in horses, as well as respiratory disease, abortion, and um, death in newborn foals. And many horses have been infected with this early in life with no serious side effects. Once a horse has gotten an infection, the virus can become latent. They can become a carrier with no symptoms and then it can be reactivated in times of stress such as strenuous exercise, long distance travel, or showing. EHV can be spread by respiratory secretions such as nasal discharge and it can be spread in the air like through a cough or a sneeze. 
and it can also be spread on contact surfaces such as human hands, towels, grooming equipment, tack, bits, stable equipment, anything a horse can sneeze or cough on, or anything that would wipe a horse's nose or touch a horse's nose, such as a water bucket or a feed bucket, are fair game to transfer the EHV virus. So it was a pretty interesting conclusion to our season. After going through two years of COVID, we know that viruses are unpredictable and they can mutate. And if you get sick, you don't know where you got it from. You don't know how you got it. All you know is you got it. But at some point, life has to go on and we have to understand that if we are to travel with horses, just like if we travel as humans, we run the risk of contracting an illness. We have to make the decision about the risk involved. In my opinion, best practices would be to not take your horses into an area that has a diseased population. We have to make that decision for our horses because they can't. They don't have a choice. When we travel to horse shows or clinics, we need to decide, is it worth the risk? We could put our head in the sand and never go anywhere in order to keep our horses safe and healthy. However, those of us who like to compete or go on trail rides or go to clinics, we need to make smart, informed choices. Avoid areas of high risk, use appropriate biosecurity, and monitor our horses' vitals. If we do those things, we're being good advocates for our horse, and we can continue to enjoy the sport that we love. It's been nice to touch base again. I have new episodes in the works, so please come back and check out my latest episodes. I hope you're enjoying my podcast and finding my segments somewhat useful to your daily life around the barn. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics for my show, please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. I can be found at Barn Isle Podcast. Thanks so much for your support. Have a great one.